I would expect the next bear market would be the worst in my lifetime because, Jimmy, 2008, we had a huge problem because of too much debt. Oh, my gosh, since 2009, the debt everywhere has skyrocketed. So the next time we have a problem, it's got to be huge. Hi, and welcome to Wealthion. My name is James Conner. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to the famed investor, Jim Rogers. I first heard about Jim in a book called The Market Wizards, which was written by Jack Swagger. Jim, along with his partner, George Soros, started the Quantum Fund. And over a 10-year period, the fund was up an astonishing 4,200%. And during the same time period, the S&P was only up 10%. Jim has navigated many cycles, and we're going to get Jim's views on the current economy and how he's navigating this cycle. Jim, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. How are things in Singapore? Oh, Jimmy, I'm delighted to be here. It's nice to see you again. Well, Singapore, Singapore is on the equator, so it's always hot or hot and raining. At the moment, it's just hot. If it's raining, it won't rain long. Don't worry. Jim, you have had a very successful investment career. You've published several books. You've traveled around the world not once but twice. And in 1999, you and your wife embarked on a trip around the world, which took you through 116 countries. And before we start talking economics and about the market, I, I want to ask you, of all the countries you've been to, what was your favorite? Maybe it might be top to nail down one, but maybe you could tell me your top three countries you enjoyed most just in terms of the culture, the people, the food? Well, Jimmy, the answer that comes to mind first is China, because, you know, such dramatic changes have been, were and have been taking place. I mean, you know, it went from a nightmare, backward nightmare, to perhaps the most successful country in the world at the moment. So that was a very exciting place. Um, Canada is a fantastic place for travel, partly because it's so gigantic. You know, you can go everywhere from the Arctic to the South, Vancouver or Toronto, places like that. No, Canada is a very exciting place to visit. And it's very open, which is very good in 2026, 2030. Uh, let's see. Uh, the problem is, Jimmy, I had fun everywhere, even the bad places. I had fun. I was held hostage for eight days in the Congo once, but looking back on it, by the way, I was held hostage by the sheriff. It was very civilized. We went home to his house for dinner. We went to the nightclubs together. We did all kinds of stuff. Uh, so if you're going to get held hostage, try the Congo. Uh, but many, many interesting places out there. I cannot, even the bad places were interesting and educational. I mean, Russia was a nightmare every time I went, but by the end, I even got to like Russia. Now, I don't know about now. I haven't been because of the war, but I even came to like Russia after a long time. Very interesting comments. And um, I, as you know, I live in Canada, and it is a great country. The geography is just so amazing. The only problem is the taxes. The taxes kill us. I, I know I'm not Canadian. I don't pay Canadian taxes, but I read the same things you experience. Yes, but you can say that about many places. You know, politicians, you know, it's not their money. It's your money. So they don't care so much. They just care about getting elected. Very interesting comments, Jim. And I want to move on now and get your views on the economy and also the markets. 
and inflation is running at 40-year highs, and the Fed has lifted interest rates 11 times just to combat this inflation. What's your view on the economy? And when I ask you about the economy, I'm talking about the U.S. specifically, given that it is the largest economy in the world. Well, the U.S. economy has had the longest period of expansion without a recession in history, certainly in recorded history anyway. So if you ask me just by history or time, it's coming to an end. I see the various signs. You see interest rates going, inflation going higher, interest rates going higher. Some stocks go up every day, some bubble stocks. I mean, you see the all classic signs, which I have seen before, which everybody's seen before, that this is nearing the end. I'm not selling short yet. Um, I have a huge amount of cash, but I'm not selling short because bubbles, especially the end of a bubble can go on for longer than anybody expects, certainly longer than any rational person expects. And that seems to be what's happening now. But part of the reason for that is the American economy has been expanding. The government has printed huge amounts of money, has borrowed, oh my gosh, borrowed huge amounts of money and spent huge amounts of money. So, you know, Jimmy, if you give me a trillion dollars, I'll show you a good time. They're showing us a good time at the moment. But you should be, I am worried, you should be worried too. But if I want to take the other side of that argument, we've been hearing about debt levels for decades now, and yet the U.S. economy just continues to grow and get stronger. Yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? What an easy way to, to run a country. What an easy way to run the world. Just borrow huge amounts of money and everything will be fine. But right, if you think that's going to go on forever, and as you rightly point out, it has been going on for a long time in the U.S., the U.S. became a debtor nation in the late 1980s. Well, that's over 30 years ago. Debt has been piling up higher and higher and higher ever since. And so, so far, the politicians look out the window and say, don't worry. We've had debt forever. We can live with it. It's good news. If you believe them. You mentioned earlier that you are sitting on a lot of cash, but your investment philosophy is one of buying value and selling hysteria. Where do you see value right now and where do you see hysteria? Just being on cash is not that simple. You may remember in 2007, there were some smart people in Europe who saw that things were going to be bad. So they sold out, put all their money in cash. They put their money in Icelandic krona because it was yielding, it had a high yield. Of course, they got wiped out because Iceland collapsed and they, they lost everything or lost a lot of money anyway. So it's not that simple just being in cash. It's not just that simple putting your money somewhere else. So I hope you have the answer. At the moment, I have a lot of U.S. dollars. And the reason I have U.S. dollars is because when there's turmoil throughout history, people look for a safe haven and people think the U.S. dollar is a safe haven. It's not, but they think it is. So therefore, I have a lot of U.S. dollars. I hope I'm smart enough that if and when things happen, if we have a big runoff and everybody puts their money in dollars out of panic, I hope I'm smart enough to sell my dollars then. Where will I put them? Oh, my gosh, what a smart question. I don't know. That's a problem. You would think that the Chinese renminbi would be the new competing currency, but it's not a convertible currency. So that's an absurd thought. Uh, I don't know where to put it. 
Maybe you have the answer. I think you already know the answer. You already said the U.S. dollar, and I would never bet against the U.S. dollar. And if you look back over many decades, and if you look at financial crises throughout the world, the money always goes to the U.S. dollar. So That's why I own U.S. dollars at the moment. But as I said, when the turmoil comes and the U.S. dollar has a blow-off, has a huge rally, I hope I'm smart enough to sell. Then what do I do? Put it back into U.S. dollars? That doesn't sound very smart. Well, you've always been a big owner of real assets. Where are you investing in any real assets right now? Well, I do own uh, I own some silver. Yes, I, I own some gold. I have for decades. I'm not buying at the moment. Certainly not gold. Gold is making new highs. If I were buying one today, I would buy silver because it's so much cheaper on a historic basis. Agriculture is certainly probably the most attractive of real asset of commodities at the moment. I own uh, agriculture. Uh, it's complicated these days. If you look around the world, stocks are near their all-time highs in most countries. Bonds, of course, have been in a bubble. Don't want to buy bonds anywhere. Property in many countries is and has been a bubble. So the only thing that I know that's still cheap are selling things like commodities. Silver is down 60% from its all-time high. Sugar, sugar is down 60% from its all-time high. So the only assets that I know that are still historically cheap are commodities. So you mentioned gold. And if I want to play the devil's advocate here, gold is might be up small on the year. I can't remember the exact amount. But one of the reasons why we buy gold is because it's a hedge against inflation. And it's also an asset you want to own during times of, of trouble. And we're going through that right now. As I mentioned earlier, inflation is at 40-year highs. And uh, we have war in Ukraine. We have conflict in the Middle East. And this is the perfect time to own gold. But yet it's flat on the year. How do you explain that? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, if you go back in history, and, and certainly the gold bugs tell you gold is holy, it's magic. You know, gold is not holy, it is not magic. There have been many periods in world history when gold has not been a good place to be. Um, that's my simple explanation. And part of my explanation is gold is at an all-time high. It's not as though gold has not been doing anything. Uh, gold has never been this expensive before in history. So some people realize what's going on in the world. 
I, I do not buy the thesis that gold is magic, but I do know that when things go wrong, all of us peasants want to have some gold in the closet. We want some silver under the bed. And I'm an old peasant. I know how, I know how us peasants think. So you're a big believer in the physical gold. What about gold miners or gold producers? <laughs> well, if you know a good gold mine, a good gold miner, by all means, a good producer, you can make a vast fortune. You will make more. If you, if you know a company which is going to find gold in Berlin, you should buy all you can. Buy all the shares you and then send me an email. I want to buy it too. The problem, I don't know if you remember Mark Twain. He was an American writer over 100 years ago. Anyway, Mark Twain once said, the definition of a gold mine, a gold mine, is a hole in the ground with a liar standing at the top. So you have to be careful when you buy gold mines, gold companies, gold producers, as Mr. Twain found out. You know, it's not that easy. I wish it were. We could all be rich. And so you mentioned you also like silver. You prefer silver over gold. Why? Well, gold gold is at all-time highs. Silver's down 60% from its all-time high. That doesn't mean it cannot go down further. Of course it can. But on a relative basis, if I were buying today, I would buy silver because it's cheaper historically. And so in terms of hard assets, you like gold, you like silver, you like agriculture or, or land. What else? What about energy? Well, I, I own some. I own an energy ETF. Yes, um, I mean, whether we like it or not, the world is running out of known reserves of oil. Yes, there's alternatives coming. There are substitutes coming, etc. But those things don't happen overnight. Maybe one day I'm going to look out the window and see windmills everywhere, or solar panels everywhere. But those days are not here yet. And it's going to take a while. So alternative energy and energy, natural gas, oil, things like that. Sure, I own some uranium. Uh, there are various and sundry ways to play real assets. And when you say you own uranium, is that through an ETF or it's through a, mining stocks? It's a, it's a mining company, yes. I hope it's not a hole in the ground with a liar at the top. Jim, you mentioned earlier that you think the U.S. market is very overvalued, but yet you're not short it. When will you know when to short it? Oh, my gosh. Maybe I'll ask Jimmy when to short it. I don't know. My timing has never been very good. You know, there will come a time, I hope, when I will see that it's just total hysteria in the markets. Things are already going. Some stocks are going up every day. It's getting narrower and narrower and narrower every day, which is always a classic sign. We're coming to the end, but I don't know. Uh, I wish I was smart enough to know how to time markets. But if I were to take the other side of that argument, the very fact that the S&P is up 15% on the year, the NASDAQ's up 30, the 10-year bond has uh, pulled back a little bit from 5% down to 440 does that might not that indicate that the U.S. economy is strengthening and that investors think things look better than they are? 
Well, what that indicates to me is that if you go back historically, you see that every year before an election in the U.S., the market has been strong. And that's because everybody knows there's an election next year and all the politicians are doing their best to get everybody happy and you know satisfied. That's just a historic fact that politicians in Washington and in the state capitals are doing their best to make everybody happy because there's going to be an election next year. They know it too. This has happened. I think if you go back historically, you will see that every time it, there's a year before an election in the U.S., the market has been a good market. When you were at the Quantum Fund, you and George Soros would invest your money anywhere and everywhere, depending on, once again, where the value was. And you've already mentioned that you don't see value in the U.S. What other countries do you see value in right now? Well, I don't see many. Uzbekistan, I have started making investments in because of major, I hope, major dramatic positive changes taking place. But it's not all. You can't put too much money into Uzbekistan yet. You will be able to. I, you know, as I look around the world, Jimmy, I don't see many places that are still cheap. China is cheap on a historic basis. I have some Chinese shares, so I'm, I'm looking. I haven't found anything recently. Uh, the Japanese market is probably going to go back to all-time highs. You know, it made its all-time high in 1990. That is not a typo, 1990 been that long since the Japanese market was at its high. Unfortunately, I sold my Japanese stocks a week or two ago because they went up so much. But I don't, I mean, I presume that one can still make money in Japan. I mean, not me, I'm out, but Japan, China, Uzbekistan, but there are not many places in the world where I see opportunities in stocks. And if you were 25 again or 35 and your risk profile was totally different and you could go all in on one trade, what would it be? Oh, my. I would, I would say the, my, the answer that comes to mind is Uzbekistan at the moment. Um, I mean, they're not that many shares, not as though there are 5,000 socks out there. I would say probably Uzbekistan as I look at the world today. There are yeah. huge changes taking place. Lots of assets there, you know, if you can find it on the map and if you can find the stock exchange, it might be a great opportunity. Well, I was going to say it's a country I'm not too familiar with, but are there a lot of resources there, a lot of commodities? Oh, my gosh, they got everything, right? Huge natural resources. One magnificent tourist site It's going to be a great tourist country someday. Uh, it's, it's magnificent history. Once upon a time, hundreds of years ago, a guy named Tamar con conquered most of the world. He lived in Samarkand. Anyway, Tamar, he became lame, by the way, so he became known as Tamar Lame, Tamar the Lame. And it's, for me, an interesting story. When he died, he was buried in Samarkand. And on his tomb, it said, here lies Tamar, Tamar the Lame. Uh, and if anybody disturbs this tomb, it will bring great chaos to them and to the world. Interestingly enough, the day that the Soviets went into that tomb to see what was there was the day that Hitler invaded Germany, uh, invaded Russia. So Mr. Tamer knew what he was talking about. 
you know, even hundreds of years ago. So if you ever get to Uzbekistan, go visit Tamerlane's tomb, but do not disturb it. It will bring great chaos to the world. I mentioned on the onset that you were featured in a book called Market Wizards, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on other investors or other traders that you really admire that might have been featured in that book or maybe were not. Well, uh, you know, I, I these days, especially in the last several years, I don't really know many investors. And actually, I never really ever spent much time with other people. I found, I have found that in my investing experience, if I listen to other people, I usually lose money. I don't know why. I guess it's perhaps because I haven't done enough homework or whatever. But I don't really talk to other people, uh, Jimmy, I'm, I'm afraid. So I don't have an answer to your question. I know that there are lots of great investors out there. I know that there are lots of very smart people out there. I just don't. And since I live in Singapore, that's another reason. But I just don't know who they are now. Do you have any trades that are memorable, trades that you remember for whatever reason, maybe because you made so much money on them? Oh, the first one that comes to mind is in the early, at one point in the late seven, early 70s, I made a lot of money. I was right on the market, so I, I've been short. So I covered my positions and waited for the market to rally and took all my money and sold short. Two months later, I was wiped out. Because what I didn't know at the time, this, and by the way, I sold six companies short. All of them went bankrupt within two years, but I lost everything first because I didn't know enough about markets at that time. Yes, I'd done a great job of analysis, et cetera, but I didn't understand that markets were more complicated than that. You had to take into consideration all the other people in the market and maybe they didn't know what you knew and in that case they certainly didn't because they drove up all six of those companies great heights which i was short and then they eventually went bankrupt but i lost everything first so that was a, a lesson that i learned another one i remember is the late 70s 1980 i think it was i could see that oil was going berserk and so i shorted oil on a friday friday afternoon that weekend, Iran and Iraq went to war. Well, you can imagine, Jimmy, that oil didn't go down on Monday when Iran and Iraq were at war. So I covered my shorts and took my losses. Uh, now you may say, though, that's bad luck. I wish I, wish I had luck. If I'd been lucky in the markets, my gosh, I would probably be very rich and very successful. But there's always somebody who knows, even when Iran and Iraq were going to war, although very few people in the press knew about it. Uh, of course, you don't just start a war without moving armies and getting prepared. So somebody knew the war was coming, except me, who foolishly shorted oil on a Friday. So those are a couple of uh, examples that I remember where I learned things. And what advice would you give a young person on investing or trading? Well, if you want to be successful... Just stay with what you know. Don't listen to internet, TV. Don't listen to other people. Everybody watching, everybody knows a lot about something, whether it's fashion or sports or cars or something. So if you stay what you know, 
you're probably going to be successful. You're far ahead of everybody else. I mean, I know virtually nothing about cars, but many people read about cars every day, all day. And so when they see something happening, they are better placed to make good investments than I am or most other people. And if you want to be successful, just stay with what you know and wait, wait for opportunities. And if your friends say, that's boring, be boring, be boring. Do not be afraid of being boring if you want to be a successful investor. So just to summarize your views right now, you are bearish on the U.S. It sounds like you're very bullish on Japan and also China. You're bullish on real assets, any sort of commodity. Well, I'm not bearish on the U.S. I just am not invested there and I am waiting to sell it short. Uh, yes, overall, I guess you're right. Your term is correct that I expect things to go bad in the U.S. before long, but not today. Which probably means they will go wrong today because my time is usually so bad. Jim, as we wrap up, you have lived through many cycles, and I want to get your views on what you think of this current time in the the economy and just the overall markets. And when you look at the nightly news or you open up the newspaper, anytime you go through your social media feeds, things look very negative, okay? We have war in the Ukraine. We have conflict in the Middle East. And so you get a sense that things are really bad in the world right now, but What's your take? Are things as really as bad as we're led to believe they are? Well, if we're talking about investing in the U.S., no, of course not. The U.S. stock market is near an all-time high. So that's not, you don't find a lot of pessimism in the land, certainly not in the investment world, in the U.S. or any place for that matter. So no, on the surface, everything is fine now. And Jimmy, speaking of which, I mean, if there were peace in Ukraine, if there were peace in the Middle East, oh my gosh, stocks would go through the roof. We'd have certainly have at least a blow off, maybe the last blow off. But no, the world is not a disaster right now. Is it going to be a disaster? Yes, of course, there'll be disasters again. It would be wonderful if we never had a disaster, if, if life everywhere was just great from now on. That's never been the case throughout history. So I know we're going to have huge problems again. I would expect the next bear market would be the worst in my lifetime because, Jimmy, 2008, we had a huge problem because of too much debt. Oh, my gosh, since 2009, the debt everywhere has skyrocketed. So the next time we have a problem, it's got to be huge, probably the worst in my lifetime. I hope I'm smart enough to survive it, if if that's fact. Uh, but if people can be prepared and understand what's going on, they will do fine. They will come up on top. And so, yes, I see potential problems down the road. I don't see them today, but I see the potential because the debt is so staggeringly high, not just in the U.S. I mean, even China has a lot of debt now. You know, in 2008, China helped save the world because they had a lot of savings and they spent them. But even China has a lot of debt now. So I see the next time we have a problem, it's going to be horrible. But Jimmy, we could look back over the past few hundred years and have said that many times. And the things did get horrible. 
somehow the world survived. And the smart people, people who understood, did okay. I hope, I hope I do okay. Jim, one more question before I let you go. You are always traveling. You're always going to conferences and speaking engagements. Do you have any interesting trips coming up in the near future? Well, I'm going to China tonight, various cities in China to make speeches, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, since China is a changing and dynamic country right now, it's always interesting to go to China. So I that, guess that's the answer at the moment. The next week or two, I'll be in various cities in China. It's a huge country, as you know, growing, has been growing rapidly. Uh, so there's always something to learn, to watch, to see in China. And I hope there is this time as well. But Jimmy, that could apply to many places. That could apply to Canada. That could apply to the U.S. That could apply to <laughs> Uzbekistan. Many places. And I think I should go to Uzbekistan soon. I could apply to many places. Well, Jim, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. And I want to thank you very much for making the time. And I look forward to our next discussion. Me too, Jimmy. And I'm very keen on Canada. It's a wonderful place to travel and visit. So if you get a chance, get on your motorcycle and drive up to Alaska or something. I will. Thanks again, Jim. To all of our viewers at Wolfion, if you are trying to figure out how to prepare for your financial future, consider having a discussion with a Wolfion endorsed financial advisor at Wealthion.com. After providing some basic information, Wealthion will put you in touch with a vetted advisor. There's no obligation to work with any of these advisors. It's a free service that Wealthion offers to all of its viewers. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, Wealthion.com, and hit that notification button so you can be kept up to date on future events. We have some amazing content coming out in the coming weeks, which will help you with your investment decisions. If you also have an interest in learning about resources, check out my YouTube channel, Bloor Street Capital. There's a ton of information on there regarding precious metals, battery metals, and uranium. Once again, thank you very much for being with us today, and I look forward to seeing you again soon.